Hello, and welcome to How to Win in Court Without a Liar. I'm Dave Horowitz. I'll be your host tonight. Uh, tonight, I will be discussing uh, equity, and equity plus trust equals a contract or a covenant. So equity plus trust equals contract. Um, you're going to see how this plays into the courtrooms and um, your supposed relationship between uh, you and your public servants. Um, as well, again, uh, the public is a mirror image, a distorted mirror image of the of the uh, private. But you know, so this is also as well. Uh, this is works equally, or the this. Um, uh, This question actually works very well uh, within private as well, within private trust or within the private. But uh, equity plus trust equals contract or covenant. And if you remember, and I say it all the time, uh, all rights are ownership rights or property rights. Okay? All rights are ownership rights or property rights. Okay? Same thing. Equity over what equity is. Equity is justice according to natural law or right. Equity overrides common and statute law and is designed to protect rights and enforce duties fixed by substantive law. Okay? Um, equity is a right, claim, or interest in. Okay? Uh, has to do with ownership. Okay? Now, if you look at the... Um, in a uh, the one with equitable rights would be the beneficiary in a trust relationship. Okay, they have equitable rights against the trustee. Um, so, uh, and there is a contract, a covenant in place between the trustee and uh, the equitable um, beneficiary or the kiskave. But um, yeah, so equity is an ownership right, okay? And the beneficiary is the ultimate uh, owner in the end. So they are, they are ultimately the owner in the end, I should say. But, um, okay, so justice according to natural law or right. That's what equity is, okay? And equity overrides common and statutory laws that are designed to protect rights and enforce duties fixed by substantive law, okay? Uh, I'll get into what substantive law is here in a second. But uh, trust, the second part of the equation, uh, is firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. Okay? So if you add these up, okay, uh, a natural right or natural law, okay, plus a firm belief in the reliability or ability or strength of someone or something equals a contract, okay? So equity is also ownership. So where you add ownership in trust, if you're giving uh, property, if the grantor grants property um, into the trust, it becomes the trustees, and the trustee is the legal title holder or legal owner, okay? That's a contract between 
the grantor of the trust, okay, for the beneficiary, okay? The beneficiary in a trust doesn't necessarily have to uh, even know it exists, okay? But they are a part to the contract, okay? And they have the most, um, uh, they have the right of claim of ownership, okay? Because the grantor is, is, is um, turning that ownership over to the trustee for the benefit of the tr uh, for the benefit of the beneficiary, that equitable uh, right of ownership is within the beneficiary. Okay, so again, uh, for anybody coming on uh, tonight, we're talking about uh, the equation: equity plus trust equals contract or covenant. Okay, and uh, equity is justice according to natural law or right, all rights or ownership or property rights, designed to protect the rights and enforce the duties fixed by substantive law. Okay? It is a, uh, equity is a right or a claim or an interest in something. Okay? And uh, substan substantive law is a set of rules that control or govern okay, how members of a society are to behave Okay, and statutes and or precedent in common law would be substantive law. Okay, so substantive, uh, substantive law is a set of rules that control or govern how members of a society are to behave. Statutes and or common law precedent would be considered sub substantive law. So the, uh, the jurisdiction of equity or equity jurisdiction, equity uh, within itself, is over and overrides both common and statutory law, okay? And equity is designed to protect the rights and enforce duties. So, so it protects the ownership rights, because all rights are ownership rights of the beneficiary, and it enforces duties fixed on the trustee, okay? That's what equity does. So in equity jurisdiction, and, and you can claim equity jurisdiction in any one of these courts uh, in the public, Okay, because they are public trustees, the entire group of them collectively, government is a public trust, and all government employees or agents are um, are trustees, are, are public trustees or stewards, or I should say servants, uh, which is a steward as well. But uh, equity overrides and overrules all common law and statutory law designed to protect your rights as a beneficiary and enforce duties fixed on the trustees, okay? So you can claim equity when you go into that courtroom, uh, or equity is where you should be operating in that courtroom in an equity jurisdiction um, where you are uh, able to exercise your right, and those rights are ownership rights in whatever the subject matter is that they're going over, you know, whatever's, whatever subject matter is the question before the court, okay? So substantive law is a set of rules that control or govern how members of a society are to behave, okay? Now, so members of a society, it's rules to govern or control members of a society. And that's what statutes are, and that's what common law precedents are, uh, court cases, okay? But in order to understand 
who that uh, controls or governs, you go down to, right, it controls members of a society and their behavior. Society is defined as a number of persons united together by mutual consent in order to deliberate, determine, and to act jointly or uh, collectively for some common purpose. Okay, so it's a, a, a number of persons, any more, you know, two or more persons united by mutual consent in order to deliberate, determine, act jointly for some common purpose. Societies are either incorporated and known to the and known to the law, or unincorporated, of which the law does not generally take notice. Okay, when you're operating in the private, you're unincorporated. You're not chartered by their uh, by the government. They didn't create you. You created it through your own equity and trust contract privately. Okay, without the third party uh, government or interloper, whatever you want to call them. Okay, so societies that are, are either incorporated and known to the law or unincorporated, of which the law does not generally take notice. Okay, uh, when we set up private trusts, they are unincorporated private trust organizations. Okay unincorporated. So the law does not normally or generally take notice of the private uh, contract there that, that's unincorporated. Okay. But if you go and look at a society, okay, uh, they try to hold you to statutes. Okay. Um, that's what you're going into these courtrooms most of the time for. There's a question of whether or not you violated a statute or a, you know, a, a control mechanism set up by legislation, okay, which has to be, there is a contract there, especially since in the public side, you have your public trustees and you would be a beneficiary at best on the public side, okay? So when you go, you know, so they're claiming that you're part of their society, Okay, I had a, I had a uh, I had a judge or not a judge I had the chief of police here in Missoula, Montana, uh, when I had first gotten into this area, um, where there was a blizzard and we were parked in the RV behind the Walmart. There was a bunch of RVs behind there, um, trying to ride out the storm. Anyway, uh, the the city police uh, sent a whole group of cops down there to harass everybody, and um, they were putting stickers on vehicles and things like that, uh, saying that they were abandoned. And I got out to talk to these cops and basically told them, uh, you know, define abandoned and, and uh, why are you, you know, um, basically trespassing on all these people's property. And they basically left, and I got on the phone with the chief of police, and I asked him, what does abandoned mean? And uh, he said, well, before that, I'm not going to get into that. Actually, when I called him, he says, oh, I know who you are. And he says, you're, you know, you're the guy giving my, my officers uh, problems down behind the Walmart. And I said, uh, I said well, he said, I said, I have nothing to do with your 
town, your society, your community. He says, well, you want to be a, a member of this society. I said, define society. That is, society is a number of persons united together by mutual consent. Well, I didn't consent to be a part of their society. Um, <laughs> so he was trying to hold me uh, accountable to rules of a contract, right? Because that's what equity plus trust equals a contract. Okay? I'm a if I'm a beneficiary of a society, okay, then there's a trust relationship and they're public servants. Okay? There would be a trust contract there. Okay? Well, if they're doing something that violates that trust, something that, uh, you know, is a breach of trust, if they're not looking out for my rights, okay, because if we go back up here, um, equity, justice according to natural law or right. That's what equity means. Equity overrides common law and statutory law and is designed to protect your rights. And it is also designed to enforce duties fixed by substance of law. Okay? And that substance of law is statutes and or common law precedent. So when they're acting outside of protecting your rights, they're in violation of equity. Okay? Equitable. Um, they're, they are breaching the contract that the trust, that public trust and equity uh, together, um, that contract that that creates. So if they are not protecting your rights or they are violating your rights, they are violating the covenant or contract. Okay. I'm not going to go too much into the trust side of that, all right? But it does require, right, to be a part of the society or to be a part of society, there has to be mutual consent. Mutual consent is when all the relative, relevant party, uh, excuse me, when all relevant parties agree to a proposal, contract, or a transaction, okay? You have to agree. There has to be mutual consent to be a part of a society, all statutes and common law precedent is, or precedent, is um, their societal rules, okay? And you have to be a part of that society for them to even pertain to you, okay? Now, the burden of proof is on the, the court to prove that you're a part of that society and those rules pertain to you. Um, they don't like to do that, and they sure don't like being questioned about that. Um, but that is exactly what they're supposed to do, okay? They have to prove first that those law, you know, that, that you are in their jurisdiction or part of their jurisdiction, um, you know, under their statute or subject to their statutes or codes or precedent or, you know, customs, okay? Now, if you are, now, and even if you were what they are claiming, you have a license or you have... Uh, you know, you've got residency in an area, and they consider you a member of their society and subject to their rules, okay? You would have had to have agreed on it expressly, okay, not being assumed or implied. So 
uh, unfortunately, that's all they do is uh, they assume and they implode that you are a party or uh, a member of their society, their community, their jurisdiction, okay, and subject to their rules, okay? But if you have, and so they are mutual consent, uh, all the parties have to agree to the proposal, contract, or transaction, okay? If one party does not consent, they're not part of that transaction, not part of that contract, and, and or proposal. When a cop hands you a ticket, it's a proposal, okay? He's, he's offering to service you <laughs> in a way that you don't like, but is looking to, uh, you know, serve the public at that point, okay? Trying to control or govern behavior of the members of the society, okay? So doing a, quite, a, quite a bit of um, uh, definitions, and a covenant or a contract, okay, is a binding agreement between two or more persons, right? Same as a society, very similar to a society. You're creating a society, a private society, when you contract with somebody, okay? A contract is a binding agreement between two or more persons or parties that is legally enforceable based on the terms of the agreement. The law comes from the contract, okay? It arises out of the contract. The terms of the contract is the law between the parties. So... Um, when you have equity plus trust, you have a contract, okay? So saying it, all this stuff in the public was legit, if it was, then very simply, either the public trustee was protecting your rights as a beneficiary, okay, and adding more equity to your life, okay, increasing your assets or your, or, you know, uh, the, the res, the subject matter, or the assets of the trust on your behalf as a beneficiary. That's what they're supposed to be doing. Anything else other than that is a breach of trust or fraud, okay? So based on the contract that supposedly exists within the society, okay, in the public. So um, a transaction would be considered an action of conducting business, okay? So... When you go back to contract, you're dealing in business, commerce, okay? Everything that the public does is commerce, everything. And I'm not going to get into it, but if anybody wants to uh, do a little bit of, of, of research on, on um, Clearfield Trust Doctrine, that'll give you a little understanding as to what uh, – I'll, I'll give you a quick uh, explanation. Basically – uh, Clearfield Trust Doctrine says that uh, if a government entity is dealing in business using uh, or dealing in commerce, then it becomes nothing more than a corporation, okay? And it is bound to do business the same way a corporation would be. They have, they have no authority more than a, a basic business, Okay, Clearfield Trust Doctrine. Take take a look at that. Conducting this.
So equity plus trust equals a contract. Okay. Now, once you have a contract, or if there is a contract, um, is it valid? Is it valid? Is it legitimate? Uh, and, there, and there's quite a few things that uh, you need to look at in a contract, and that uh, or would be need or would need to be proven um, to prove that the contract is valid or legitimate and not void. Okay, a contract, a void contract. Okay, this is a legal definition. Cannot be enforced by law. A void contract cannot be enforced by law. Is void ab initio from the beginning, okay, as opposed to double contract, which can be voided, okay, in one or all parties. Uh, a voidable contract is not void ab initio, but it becomes void later due to changes in condition, okay. The contracting parties do not have the power to make a void contract enforceable. So when you go into a courtroom and you're in an administrative tribunal and uh, they are trying to enforce, they are trying to enforce a supposed contract. There's supposedly a contract that exists, which the law, right, a contract uh, creates the law between the parties, okay? And I'll go back to the story that, I've brand new attorney that became a prosecutor here in Missoula, and right out of law school, a couple weeks, and they they uh, basically threw her uh, first case was mine, and this was after uh, I'd already had three attorneys, three prosecutors removed in a case over two and a half years uh, <laughs> to finally throw out, but. Um, she told me the truth. My jaw dropped. I, I couldn't believe that she said what she said. But we, I met her two days before the trial was supposed to go and took her out in the hall. And I, I said, I got a few questions. And uh, the one question that I, that I asked her was, what makes you believe that the laws of the state of Montana, the statutes, the codes, the Constitution, or the, the federal Constitution or laws pertain to me? And she said, very, very, like, matter-of-factly, oh, that's, that's easy. That's what she said. Oh, that's easy. Like she was just taking her final exam for law school. She says, that's the, that's the social contract. And don't think for a second that they don't believe, they're teaching their lawyers that come out of law school that a social contract exists and you and I and everybody to the rules that they create you know, that, the, that these corporations create. That's literally what she said. Oh, that's easy. Like she was just got her, you know, her final exam paper. She, she said, that's easy, the social contract. And I think I blew her mind when I turned around and said, okay, great, I need a copy of it with my signature on there. And I think probably the first time since she started law school, she she stood back and got a little perspective and goes, social contract, I need copy for evidence. It doesn't exist. It does not exist. Social contract theory, there's another rabbit hole 
where you can go study. Um, <laughs> it, it is a theory, not even a good theory, but it is considered a fact. Okay, it is uh, a rebuttable. Uh, it's a presumption. Okay, it's a presumption in all these courts that some social contract exists that binds you to society. Okay, and their substantive law. Right? Statutes, codes, administrative uh, proceedings, all of it. They believe that it is, uh, or they would have you believe that it is, there is a social contract that exists that binds you to Geo. question them, force them to prove it. Okay? Uh, if they're claiming that there's a, a, they have to have a contract first off. Otherwise, it's first theory. There is no contract, which is why they use the social contract theory to bind people to their rules, the statutes, the codes, the acts, all this other stuff. Okay? But uh, because of a lot of the reasons, which we'll get, here, get into in a second here, um, that social contract is a void absolutely void from the beginning ad amnesio because many different reasons. One, uh, <laughs> there's no way they could prove that there is a contract between the parties. Okay, if there is a contract, then there was any, there was no full disclosure. Okay, because part of the uh, one of the things that is required to have a valid contract. Okay, so a, a, a void contract can be one in which any of the prerequisites of a valid are missing. Okay, we'll say that one more. A void contract can be one uh, in which any of the prerequisites of a have all of the elements of a valid contract. Any of those elements are missing. It is void from the beginning. From the beginning. or uh, incompetent. <clears throat> like a material mistake would be uh, one of the party's names is spelled wrong. Maybe it's spelled in all caps. Um, <laughs> uh, but that would be a material mistake. The dates are wrong. The party's names are wrong. Uh, the product or whatever the subject matter is wrong, that can be that can void a contract. Okay, um, unlawful consideration. Okay, so um, you know if unlawful consideration would be in their eyes would be considered uh, uh, if if the consider all right consideration is um, what's paid or or what's uh, per each of the parties. Buying the contract, so they consider you purchase this from you, and for a hundred dollars, I give you the hundred dollars, and you agree to provide this to me. Okay, 
The consideration on my part was the $100. The consideration on their part was the product and the guarantee. Okay? That was the consideration. So unlawful consideration, what they would consider unlawful consideration would be uh, if you traded unlawful drugs or sex or something like that as part of your consideration or if, there was, or if that was offered to you, that would void a contract. Also, one-sided consideration. Um, if only one of the parties is providing something of value, providing anything of value, then it's a void contract. Okay? <laughs> Uh, a void contract would restrict trade, um, restricts legal proceedings. Um, <clears throat> if, um, if the terms of the contract are uncertain, vague, or anything like that, uh, that could be uh, grounds to void a contract. Okay? If a contract is contingent or um, contingent on an impossible event. Um, we all watch the cartoons, and they, you know, with the with the insurance policy, and the insurance policy covers uh, your house if it's a Friday, and you know, during a hailstorm, and I heard a buffalo. Events, okay, if. If that's a, you know if that was the terms of your contract, that would be void. Okay, um, requires performance of impossible acts. So if they expect you to know the entirety of all the billions and uh, of statutes, codes, acts, and all their babbling, you know, uh, scribbles that they require you to be subject to. If you don't know them all, okay, then um, performing them or performing to their terms uh, is pretty much impossible, okay? That would void a contract. Again, lack of full disclosure. So if I say, yeah, I'm going to sell you this car and, and uh, you know, I know that the car, you know, only works on Friday, um, then, and I sell it to you, say, you know, works all the time, starts every time, but, you know, and I do not disclose things that I know are wrong with the vehicle, then that contract could be void, okay, um, because I did not disclose that it was a lemon, okay? So lack of full disclosure will void a contract. Contracts that are uh, made under duress or threat or duress or threat of void from the beginning. In all of this, contract is contract is some sort of contract, and like I said. They assume that there is a social contract binds you to their rules, and there is none. Okay, there is no social contract. Uh, there has to be some form of contract. So when you go in and you file, uh, you know, you register your vehicle, and or you apply for a driver's license or government benefit, okay, and binds you to contract with. 
that day or any day they want. Okay, uh, it's it's like signing a blank check. Okay, you haven't had full disclosure of, of what's in that contract, so it would be void ab, in amnesia from the beginning anyway. Okay, um, so contracts made under duress or threats of force, um, void. Fraud-induced contracts, uh, you know, you were told that, uh, you know, they're going to take care of you, and, and then uh, they don't, okay? Uh, they, know, they knew they weren't going to take care of you from the beginning, but they told you they would just so that you would pay them, okay? That's fraud-induced, okay? And any contract um, where one of the parties has entered it with unclean hands, Okay, so if they if they were looking to deceive you up front, that's unclean hands, contracts void. Okay, so you have the difference between a, a valid contract and a void contract or a voidable contract. Okay, so a void contract is void from the beginning. A voidable contract can be voided based on uh, an act of one of the parties um, or some sort of condition changing, um, you know, uh, you have a lease, you're going to, you know, signed a year lease, but your job moves you six months, uh, you know, into your lease to another state. You cannot stay there and you have to break your lease, okay? The condition's changed and, you know, you can, you can void that contract. Um, okay, so um, rescission. Oh, hold on a second. Sorry, guys. Uh, take a break here for about two minutes, and I will be right back. Um, my dog is screaming at me to go out, <laughs> and he was just out. But give me one sec. All right, I'm back. Sorry about that. Okay. So we're talking about uh, big contracts, valid contracts, and voidable contracts. And one of the ways to uh, break a contract is by rescission, okay? And rescission is also an equitable remedy. 
okay? It allows uh, a contractual party to cancel a contract. Parties can rescind if they are victims of a, you know, or a violating factor, okay? So um, if somebody breached the contract or breached the trust, uh, that is absolutely a reason to, um, to rescind the contract or cancel out the contract. That's basically what rescission is, okay? But it cancels it, um, again, in amnesio from the beginning, okay, as if it never happened, okay? So um, uh, misrepresentations or mistake, okay, duress or undue influence, are all valid grounds for rescinding a contract, okay? Um, basically, rescission is the unwinding of a transaction, okay? And it is done to bring the parties back to the position they were in before they entered into the contract, and it terminates the contract, okay? Um, very similar to a breach of, breach of trust within a trust situation, or whether it be private or public. Um, a breach of trust, you would call, you know, your equitable remedy is basically to, um, to uh, collapse that trust and basically call into account the trustees for the property that was in the trust, okay? So, um, and they have to make, the trustee, the, the violating trustee would have to make the, the beneficiary whole, um, make the, or bring the trust back to its former um, position before they took from it or, or defrauded it or breached that trust, okay? So um, rescission, you can, you can do, you got rescission under common law, okay? Uh, rescission at common law is only available for fraudulent, misrepresentation, or duress, okay? And it, uh, rescission will render that contract void from the beginning. Now, um, rescission at equity, okay, is available for a bunch of different situations. Um, could be an innocent but material misrepresentation, uh, breach of fiduciary duty, unconscionable conduct, uh, or equitable fraud, okay? So um, whether by error or, you know, so that rescission would be done um, because of error or good cause, okay, um, or just cause. And it allows you to, you know, again, make that contract as if it never existed. And the equitable, um, the equitable uh, party, the owner, the one with the right, is uh, entitled to be made whole at that point. All right, so I've been going pretty strong here for about 40 minutes. Um, I want to thank everybody for joining me uh, this Sunday, and uh, hope everybody's having a good weekend. I would like to open it up to any questions on the material that I've covered to this point you have a question or a comment or a suggestion, please, or if you, you know, if some of the material you didn't understand, uh, you know, please ask your questions. 
I know we got a bunch of people on here. We do this every week. <laughs> Anybody has any questions? It's going to be a real short show otherwise. No questions. Okay. Well, let's see. Uh, I wasn't feeling all too good this weekend. And uh, I almost didn't uh, didn't have the show today, but uh, this morning I was feeling a little bit better. And uh, this topic here was uh, was something that was was weighing on me. And I know people get confused, um, you know, public and private. Um, this material that we're covering today, equity plus trust equals a contract. Um, and, you know, equity means a right, okay? You have a right, and it's an all rights are ownership rights. If um, kind of when you have, a, you know, if you own a home and the bank has a, a lien against the home for part of the value of the total value of the home, okay, um, let's say you have a $500,000 home, uh, you owe the bank two, you owe, you own Three hundred thousand. You have three hundred thousand dollar equity interest in the home. Okay, um, the difference between the total amount. So, if you own the house outright, you have a hundred percent equity in the home. Uh, the bank would have, you know, in this situation, the bank would have two hundred thousand in equity in the home. They have an equity interest in the home, but that's all they have. Okay, um, equity. Oh, equity is ownership. Okay, so the bank has a $200,000 ownership interest in the home where you would have a $300,000 ownership interest in the home. Okay, so equity is ownership. Okay, and when ownership is put into trust, there's a contract created. That's exactly what happens in the public. Okay, um, you have an equity interest, there's your birth certificate. Uh, that's your unit of beneficial interest that proves that you have a beneficial interest in the public trust. Um, not does not mean that you have to accept the benefits. A beneficiary does not need to accept uh, benefits if they are burdensome. So if they're going to, if the benefit's going to cause you a burden, you don't have to accept it. Okay, and that's your right. Um, you know. If Uncle Joe leaves you an old jalopy that doesn't work and would cost you more to get rid of than to accept, then you know, or than to fix, you know, why would you accept it? You know, why would why would you want it? So you don't accept that. And there's no benefit to you, and the beneficial and a beneficial interest there should be a benefit to you, okay? And that's where um, you have a claim in that trust so when you put when you go and you register your vehicle into the public trust okay that's what you're doing okay you're taking a piece of property that you purchased okay and turning it over to a trustee or to public trustees okay that creates a trust contract that creates a contract and that's what they base everything on <laughs> So anyway, I think I covered this uh, 
pretty good here over the last 45 minutes. Um, I'm going to open it up early. I don't have a guest uh, showing up today. <coughs> Excuse me. Throat's a little scratchy. But, um, yeah, I want to open it up to questions, uh, whether it's on this material or, you know, you have legal questions or questions about things that are going on right now uh, out there in Crazyville. Uh, the public is absolutely going nuts. Ventured in a little bit earlier to commerce, uh, <laughs> looking for, you know, a couple staples, some TP, and you know, <laughs> and uh, just surprised, you know, that all this stuff. These stores are are almost empty. Uh, met somebody that was literally like three counties away. And uh, they went through Missoula, couldn't find anything that they needed. And, you know, so they were easy 60, 75 miles from home looking for stuff, which is crazy. So anybody has anything, you know, uh, anything they'd like to discuss? Uh, any questions on the material or on trust or on laws or issue that you have in court or before the court, um, feel free to ask. I'll stay on as long as there's questions. Otherwise, I'm going to probably take some NyQuil and get some sleep. <laughs> but, uh, Can you hear me? I did want yeah. to get... Yes, Hello? yes. I yes, I Yeah, sure. I want to um, read up more, like on, on contract law or common law. Where... Is there, because I, I mean, from the little bit that I, I've read, read in the past, um, a lot of these laws originate with maritime law or something like that. Like, where could we get more of a foundation on this if we also want to learn more about it? Uh, wh where, do we, where do we go? Well, I can give you a perfect place to go, my website. Um, <laughs> we've got a whole library. I got, I got, there's over 300 books in there. I'm adding to them all the time. Um, we've got about 50, 60 books just on trust. Uh, there's stuff in there on common law, admiralty law, um, trust law, bankruptcy law, um, long negotiable instruments, all kinds of different stuff. Um, my background, I've been studying law for about uh, a little over 30 years. Um, and just, just about every um, facet of law, if it had law in it, I was studying it. So um, I've got quite a collection of, of books. A lot of these books even date back into the 17 and 1800s that are on there. Um, so you're getting closer to the beginning of when these laws were created, um, you know, as, as opposed to, you know, what they put into office uh, every day that they're in, you know, in, in uh, legislatures think, open. Uh-huh. I think I'll, I'll read some of that. I think uh, I've been in a couple of suits uh, lawsuits uh, myself, I guess, when I had to protect myself or, or some interest I had in something. But the the problem I always had was being able to put something together myself in order to right. present my defense. And, well, you know uh, why? Because a lot of that is because of procedure. You know, when you walk into court, you know, they, most of what they're dealing with is sub substantive law right, statutes and common law or precedent, and you add that to procedure, okay? 
there's a certain way that you get the court to move or you know get them to stop doing something um, there's certain ways to get things from the other party you know motions and and uh, briefs and all of these things um, and there's a, just a, a, a flow of, of how all that's supposed to be done and that would be procedure and um, I do have links to um, civil and criminal procedure on the site all of the uh, all of the constitutions for all the states and Canada and other places um, I, tons of stuff on common law I, I, I understand what you mean by procedure but I, I guess and, and I'll tell you just a brief example I mean I, I did have a partner once um, and and I lost I lost some of the properties I had with him um, because he hired an attorney, I tried to go pro se initially, and I just felt it overwhelming. Um, although I, I, I felt I didn't have enough money to continue with. Uh, I didn't have the, I didn't feel competent enough to to go in there and and continue fighting it myself. So I hired an attorney, but then the attorney got too expensive, and I ended up losing. He he had a lot of money. He. He had an attorney the whole time. Uh, he's, he had two different attorneys, um, right? Um, and so I ended up I ended up losing and, and losing losing my shirt, really in in that case. But so I, I did. You, I, you had you know, contracts with them for these properties. I had a contract, one contract, yeah, one contract with them on, on several properties, and I ended up losing the properties. Um, uh, you know, in court after he sued me for for. For breach, um, breach. Yep. yeah, and then, and prior to that, uh, with some of these, with this, with the same properties, um, when we were getting uh, violations uh, that we felt were unfairly puni- being punished by the by the town. Um, okay, yeah. uh, like um... violations. Uh, uh, Town codes, violating town codes, you know, just the regular, okay. so some of these, and they just had exorbitant, these were in New York. Grass is too high, you didn't have uh, your, your house number painted on right, or, yeah, I get it. <laughs> they violate for anything they can. Yeah, and some of them, and, and then um, one of these violations uh, kept adding up, the, the same violation, we got probably about 12, 12 different summonses on the same for the same issue um i tried to when i tried to go to uh to attorneys to, to help fight me with fight this they, they they didn't think it was possible they they didn't they wouldn't go against the city basically right for, for well that that's, that's, that's their bread and butter no yes yeah, so well, if, they, if, they, if they have no court to practice in then then they have no job and if they get disbarred for going against well, themselves well, well so <laughs> I, I mean I'm just relaying my experience that uh, they, they wouldn't I couldn't find an attorney who would fight it um, right. the I tried to fight it and and it was kind of useless um, but we had you know part of part of part of the the reason why my partner and I got into this problem was because of of these violations that started accruing on the properties he, he was saying that i wasn't preventing Managing. i wasn't preventing these these violations from occurring 
but they just kept adding on, and uh, I tried to fight them. I couldn't. So I don't know. I, I just felt like uh, procedurally I was incompetent, and I couldn't go to an attorney because they didn't they, they didn't feel that that it was that I was gonna that they were gonna win, so they didn't even take the case. They they couldn't you know. Yeah. So, and, and you know, that's where a lot of people end up coming in is when they're in an issue, you know, you have an issue like you have, and you can't find help, so you start to do some studying. <laughs> right, right. So I did. I, I tried to study. I, tried, I, lo- I looked up a lot of this. I, I tried to bring some of the issues there. But, um, is that, I got to hear something in the background. Is that your phone or is that, uh, not, we got mine. Some? not mine. Okay. Um, so the so basically um, yeah the the issue was that I tried to educate myself in in, in order to to fight fight it in in court pro se but um, I, you know it got to a point where I, I just didn't know enough what to say or continue fighting so that I could pursue it further or somehow or other get, get it dismissed yeah right right so, so in well, that case oper- I'm operating from a private standpoint operating from a private standpoint that you know um you, you don't have those issues because i'm sorry hold on um if you if you're not talking on the line if you could just mute your button because we're getting a lot of background noise and it's mm-hmm. uh yeah if you could just mute if you're not if you're not uh asking questions i'd appreciate it thank you um so when when you go into a court situation like that um from a private side okay you're not on the tax rolls you're not you know your property is not being managed by the public okay you're managing your own affairs your own private property and you are separated from them which is the ultimate remedy is to not be married to the government or subject to their statutes and codes. And this goes a lot into, um, I mean, just what we spoke about tonight on, on uh, you know, equity and, and uh, trust and how the public is supposed to be established. Uh, they are public trustees and they're supposed to look out for your rights, not, you know, fee and fine you to death so that they can get wealthy, you know, or extort money from you. They're supposed to protect and defend your rights. That's the only thing that government was set up to do in the first place. When they don't do that, there is a breach of trust. Okay, and you and you can call them out on that. Okay, but but, um, but you you I, I I understand you saying you you can call them out on that, but procedurally or when you're there, how do you how do you protect your how do you maybe protect yourself even before you get there or when you do get there and you've already created. A corporation and these properties uh, happen to be in a corporation, or, or you happen to get sued um, be, be for some for some type of issue. Then, at that point, what okay. what do you do? I mean, what who do you who do you who do you go for? Because not everybody's going to have the everybody. You know, most of us have jobs that that we work in, and 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 we don't have the time to dedicate to. To learn these issues, right? To learn and and they count on they count on that. They count on that. Okay. You know, otherwise you would think from 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 kindergarten through through uh, high school, they would be teaching you all of these laws and statutes and codes and how to act in court and how to do this, that, and the other to protect yourself or to keep from violating 
these, you know, millions and millions of codes and statutes that are out there. They don't, and they don't on purpose, okay? This, the, the, the whole public trust, obviously, I mean, you can you, you know there's tons of corruption there. Um, if you've been in court, you've, you know, and have been railroaded in court, that's uh, even worse, especially when it seems like the judge or the prosecutor are, you know, working together, which they are, okay, along with, you know, a, a cop or any other agent of the state. Um, so, and again, you know, no lawyer is going to fight, literally fight for you, okay, when the other party is their boss. You know, if they, if they can't if they can't practice law in that courtroom, they're out of a job. If the judge turns around and, and puts a mark on their bar card, they're done. They can't work. So they're not going to really. They're not. Re- they have an oath to the bar first before any client, and that includes private attorneys as well. They have an oath to the bar, and they have an oath to the court. They are officers of the court. Okay. So, how do we... so that's why you couldn't find a lawyer. Right. So how do how does an individual, uh, a private citizen, uh, or an you know, uh, I, I guess the only how does a man or a woman deal with fictions? <laughs> um, is this your first time listening to the show? Uh, the last, the, the first, no, I've listened to it before, but a very long time ago. I haven't been on it in a while. Okay. Well, I've gotten, uh, oh, there's probably, oh, I don't know, 30 or 40 of them out there already. Um, but I go through this all the time. Um, when you, you don't, uh, they're assuming there's a lot of presumptions that are going on when you walk into a courtroom, okay? Mm-hmm. One, they're presuming that you're a citizen, Okay. And a citizen is, is synonymous with a subject, okay? You're subject to their rules. Well, did you sign up for them? <laughs> Are you interested in being a party to their system? Right. You know, again, if, they, if you didn't mutually consent to be a, uh, you know, a party, then you're not, Okay. And, and you need to separate yourself from them that way. The best way to, to destroy their presumptions, now, all presumptions are rebuttable, okay? You can question them, okay? And that's what I do. Uh, you don't want to rebut it. You don't want to make a, a claim opposite, okay? They say, oh, you're a subject, I say, you know? And I say, no, I'm not. And they go, okay, prove it, right? Because I just made a claim that I'm not. So now the burden of proof shifts over to me, where originally it was with them, okay? So if they're saying that I'm subject to their rules, I don't rebut it. I question. I say, oh, so you're saying that, uh, you know, uh, that I'm subject to your rules. Can you prove that? Okay, what binds me to your rules? And that's what I said earlier uh, I had a, an attorney, a prosecutor, and I was her first case out of law school. They literally gave her the shaft by giving her my case. Um, <laughs> but, and I asked her the simple question, you know, what makes you think that this, these laws, these statutes, these codes, these things pertain to me, right? I'm not rebutting her presumption that they do. I'm asking them, what makes you think that? 
You know, what is, is it written down somewhere? Did I sign a contract? What's going on? And she said, oh, the social contract, which is an imaginary thing. It doesn't exist. It's a, it's a horrible theory that, that, that came out, you know, hundreds of years ago. Okay, social contract theory. And they assume all of these are assumptions and presumptions. So when you question that, they're going to come up with their own answer. I told her, I said, oh, fantastic. You say there's a social contract. I need a copy with my signature on it that binds me to it. And she thought about it, and I called into court the next day to see if we were having a trial on Friday, and she dropped all the charges. Dropped all the charges. And I, I asked her why. And she said, oh, there were some things I didn't want a jury to hear. <laughs> I, bet you, I bet you there was. Because it would be, you know, it would be very embarrassing if I was asking these questions in front of a jury and they couldn't come up with a legitimate answer or, or evidence of, of their jurisdiction or their authority over me. So I use questions. And I, I did a podcast on uh, questioning authority. And that's, um, and again, if it's a contract situation like you had with your partner, okay, then the law arises out of that contract. So whatever rules were in place in that contract between you and your partner, those were the, those were the governing rules of that relationship between you. Nothing more can be added. Nothing can be taken away unless there's a way to avoid it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, but questioning, you know, questions, you rebut those presumptions because most of the time, most of the, all of the time when you go into court, they are operating on presumptions and assumptions that you are subject to their rules to begin with. Well, if you are, then you are. But if you're not, okay, if you didn't sign a power of attorney to some, you know, some uh, representative that supposedly made these rules, okay, on your behalf, because they represent you, then, you know, then it was done without your knowledge and without your consent which means it doesn't pertain to you. It can't pertain to you. You were not informed, nor did you consent. And without that, you can't be a party to a contract. That's a void contract. So anything they'd be trying to hold you to, uh, and I'll use the, uh, you know, the violations that they were charging you for, because that's exactly how you could have fought that. You know, what makes you think that, you know, that I'm subject to these rules. Now, they've got to come up with a reason. They've got to come up with a way to subject you. They've got to have evidence that you are a subject and you are subject to those rules. So you I, question. I've tried, something, I, I've tried that briefly in, in, in traffic court and in, uh, in, in a parking, parking court, you know, parking violations. They sure. didn't care. Sure. They, they didn't care. They just... They, they they heard me out. I tried to say, uh, this is, again, a very long time ago, um, uh, saying that I was not uh, the individual. I wasn't part of the part of their system. And, um, right. But see, though, and, when you say that, you're making a claim. See, when you, when you rebut it, that's a rebuttal. So when right. you say, no, I am not a part of your system, you're making a claim. Now you have to prove that claim because you just 
shifted the burden of proof from them having to prove it to you. So rather than rebutting it, you question. question. So you form it in in the way of a question because now they've got to answer and prove their assumptions or presumptions. Okay? So if they're assuming that that you're a subject and you question, you know, what makes you think I'm a subject? Instead of saying, no, I'm not subject to you, that's an express statement. You can do an express statement. Um, you know, I, I don't consent to be subject to you. That's an express statement, okay? Um, but if you ask, you know, if you rebut it and say, I'm not, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm, not, uh, I'm not that party or this or that, they're going to tell you that you're going to prove it, okay? But if you're asking questions, they're going to come up with the answer, and the answer is going to be that they can't prove that you're a subject anyway. So, in, in in the case of you know the uh, in the case of the violations for the property, okay, you could have you could have fought it that way. Um, and again, if they say, oh well, you are subject, and it's in our codes, and well, just because it's in your codes, what is the contract that binds me to those codes? Is it because I have a house in this town, right? Well, does it mean that, you know, if my house isn't registered with you, my house is private, it's my private property, it's not public property, then how can you manage my property, right? Only the owner of something can make up the rules for the thing. Yes. Okay? If I say I'm going to lend you my car, okay, and I say I need back with gas and, and, and a full, you know, full tank of gas and in the same shape that it is when I give it to you, and you agree, then you need to bring it back the same way. That's the rules of the contract. And as long as you do that, you've fulfilled the contract. And, and, but and, if I, 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 I'm getting, but um, in, in, I guess in the case of the properties, uh, from what I remember, uh, the properties were in a corporation name. So when supposedly though when it's in a corporation then you you cannot even fight it pro se. It's, they require a, a uh, yes, because it requires an attorney because a corporation is not a living being, it is a fiction and it needs to be represented. But it needs to be represented by they'll say it has to be represented by an attorney, and I've done this in court before. Um I, I was <laughs> my old business. Uh, I had a partner, and we met at another company. And this other company was—they were frauds. They—they they were stealing from people. Um, but we met there and left. They came after us about a year later, saying, "Oh, we're taking your their clients, and we're doing the same type of business that they're doing." I said, "You know," um, and then they told me that I could not represent because it was a corporate. You know, it was an LLC that I had at the time. And um, he said, well, you cannot represent your corporation, you know, the corporation. I said, well, I'm a, I'm a manager of the corporation, so I do represent. I'm an agent for the corporation. I am not the corporation, but I am an agent for the corporation, and, and yes, I can represent the corporation. Mm-hmm. Okay? And, and, and so as an agent of the principal, right, I can represent you just like, you know, just like they do. Right? It's the same exact thing. They're saying it's the state of Montana versus me. Right? Well, the state of Montana isn't showing up to court. It's going to have an agent there. 
right? Mr. or Mrs. Montana does not exist. It's a fiction. So an agent's going to come in and say, well, I represent Montana. Oh, okay. Fantastic. Do you have a contract with Montana that, that says that you represent Mr. or Mrs. Montana and everybody in it? <laughs> you know? And they can't prove that they, that they have that permission. Right? For this specific case, do you have an attorney-client contract for this case? Right? Because when you go to an attorney, you have to sign a contract between you and the attorney, right? Give yes. them power of attorney to act on your behalf. Mm -hmm. Well, that's what they're saying with the corporation. They're saying, oh, no, a corporation can't be represented by, you know, uh, the, by you. You're not the corporation, Right? And you're not the corporation, but you are an agent of the corporation. And as, the, as an agent, you can represent it if you can do it. Okay. You know, I mean, if, if you've got the ability to do it, yeah, absolutely. Or the want to do it, you know, because you can always research and, 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 you know, build a case. Yes. Yeah, that's what it requires. Right. Yeah, it definitely requires the time. and. You know, most people don't think about it until they get run over in court. And then, you know, <laughs> and it's like, wow, I really thought that the rules were fair there, and they're not. They're not. No. That's, why, that's why equity, okay? That's why equity. Equity jurisdiction overrules all statutes, codes, acts, all of that garbage, and common law, precedent, other cases. Okay? Now they have to take your rights, your ownership rights into account, and they have to act in the position of trust because you have the equitable remedy as the beneficiary. They are a public trustee and are required to act as a fiduciary and a responsible party to the beneficiary. If they're acting anything but, they're in breach of their fiduciary duties. They're in breach of trust. So equity is the jurisdiction that you want to... Uh, uh, ultimately get into, okay, uh, in these courts, and these, especially the lower courts where they're all administrative. They're administrating yeah. your estate anyway. You know, they're administrating over your estate anyway. They're administrating over the dead person or the legal fiction, the legal name. Okay, they're not over you as a man or a woman. They're not over you. They have authority over the legal fiction, the straw man, the, your name in all cap letters. Is a fiction. When you set up your corporation, right? You even you you might have typed it into the uh, Secretary of State's uh, you know website in upper and lowercase letters. But when you get it back, it's all uppercase letters. Always. I set up yeah. I set up corporations for many 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 years, and um, always does. And when you go to fill out for an EIN number. It won't even allow you to do upper and lowercase numbers. It's always, always uppercase. So you know you're dealing in commerce or commercial entities or, or legal fictions. Um, you know, that's what's being created when you set up a corporation. So, but they also look at you as a legal fiction, okay, as a corporation. And this is, I, I, I'm actually helping somebody now that's dealing with a tax case. And um, they tried to write off all of their, you know, expenses the same way a corporation would for their personal taxes. And the argument was that, you know, uh, 
a corporation is an entity. Uh, the legal fiction is an entity, is a corporate entity. So why can it not take the same, uh, you know, um, exemptions and things like that as a corporation? And he's absolutely right. Absolutely right. No different than, you know, a social security number, which would be a, uh, you know, a sole proprietorship. It's your tax ID number. It's the same thing. It's a corporate ID number for tax purposes. Same exact thing. So why couldn't you get all the exemptions that, it, you know, or deductions that a corporation could get personally? Me, person, me personally, I do not consent and uh, don't volunteer for uh, taxes. But, you know, and I enjoy living in Montana because there are no sales taxes. So, <laughs> but I, I, I don't trust the public, so I do not have them manage my affairs. That's the ultimate place to operate from is from the private side, uh, separate from government. Um, and there's two ways to do that. A man or a woman can separate, you know, uh, between you and your creator, okay, as a private trust, and you would that would be the separation of church and state, okay, um, and then your stuff, okay, anything that's commercial uh, in nature is separated either, you know, is is separated. Uh, as being private as opposed to public. So if you can create those two separations, uh, that takes care of you personally and then your properties, uh, the things that, 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 you, uh, that are your private property, hold them in trust, and uh, that separates that property. The legal title to that property now comes out of the public and into the private. Okay, the owner of a thing is the only one that can make up the rules of it for that thing. Now, if you think about that from the public sense, okay, if the public, uh, these public people, these public agents, the, the you know, the, these public trustees, if they're making up rules for you, what does that say about how they look at you? Okay, if all rights are property rights and all rights are ownership rights, Okay, and the only one that can make up rules for for something is the owner of it. Then they're looking at you as if they're you, that you are their property. They're making up rules for you. Okay, they're making up rules for your stuff. Right? No, you can't drive that that your own prop. You know, you can't drive that thing that you supposedly own uh, on our public streets. You know. Well, where else am I going to put it? Where else am I going to drive it? You know? But if it's in the public, if you registered it with the public, you're giving ownership, legal ownership, over to them. So they make up the rules, and then they give you beneficial title back. Okay? So when you add something into trust, you're splitting the title. One party has legal and can make up the rules, legal ownership, the other has beneficial ownership. They can enjoy the benefits of it, but they do not hold the power to turn around. It's not true ownership because you can't make up the rules over it. Okay? When you separate from the public, you can now make up the rules for your stuff and for your own life, and you can much easier uh, 
you know, send the public packing when they encroach on your private property, including you. Including you. So that's the best way to deal with them. That and a lot of research and study. <laughs> There's no getting around that. There's no getting around that. Um, you know, if you want to be able to handle your own affairs, manage your own affairs um, without uh, being overseen or managed by the public, uh, you know, by the government, then you need to be able to manage your own affairs. And part of that is, you know, uh, legal, financial, commerce, how to, you know, how to just manage your own affairs, manage your own checks, manage your own, you know, your finances, your own, uh, make up rules for yourself. You know, what's right and wrong for you and manage your own affairs. Okay. And it's a lot easier to defend that way. Yeah. I hope I answered your question. I hope it helped. No, you did. You did. I, I, it just gets a little tough, but yeah, I, I understand it's, it, it takes, takes education and practice. Yeah. Well, I'll point you at this point to the website. It's, um, HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash bulletproof solutions.org. Um, if you sign up, there's a free membership, but if you sign up for one of the paid memberships, you get full access to the library. You can download all the books you want, access to all the different uh, uh, laws in the country, every state, all the, all the different uh, laws, uh, all the different constitutions, and gives you uh, full access, and you can download all those books as well. Um, and it pretty much covers, and I'm adding to it constantly, but it pretty much covers every area of law. Um, it's it, kind of like your own private law library, so it, that right. that should help. Yep, and uh, again, you're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you for your questions and and for your participation. I appreciate it. So, uh, is there anybody else that has any questions or would like to comment on what we've been discussing? Uh, if you've got any legal issues that you want to discuss or uh, questions of the material we covered tonight, feel free to. Speak up now. Hello, Chad, are you, you on me? tonight? Oh, yes. What is this? Can you hear me? Yes. What, what's your name? Hi. Hi, my name's Raul. Hi, Raul. How are you? Okay, how are you? Thank you for being here tonight. Sorry to hear that you're a little under the weather. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I've been fighting it off and... Uh, Slept a lot of the weekend with uh, the help of some NyQuil, but <laughs> I think it's allergies, really. Uh huh. But thank you. <laughs> so yeah, what's your question? Or well, or? I'm kind of new to this whole trusting. I'm kind of been exposed to it for about a year now, and uh, I identify myself as an artist and a craftsman. Um, I work in ceramics and jewelry. And when you try to participate with some of the craft fairs, they ask you for a, a license or some kind of business thing. Um, so you're kind of like dealing with the public. You're out in the public as in commerce. So right. this is where I'm a little confused. <clears throat> well, you can always question why. You can always question them why they require you to have a business license. Right. 
No, that could be. Do they? And again, sometimes some of these places, um, you know, they they charge you for your your spot, right? Right, right. So, so they are, um, you know, they're dealing in commerce. They're required to ask for certain things. Does not mean that you have to have those things. Um, you know, you can tell them. You know, if you're if you're private, then you can absolutely tell them that. You know, this is a, a private trust. That's not statutory, nor am I required to have a business license. There you go. But I would like to participate in you know in the craft fair or whatever it is that you're you know trying to participate in. So um, they're required to ask. You're not required to have it. Uh huh. That's part of their their charter. You know. Um, for what they're doing um, for tax purposes. Again, <laughs> you know, the government wants their share. Right. You know, they want their share. But from private, you're not required to have a business license. Uh, again, a business a license is permission. So, if, you know, are you required to have government's permission to have a business? No, right. absolutely not. Unless you are a statutory corporation, an entity that was created through legislation, a corporation, an S-corp, a C-corp, an LLC, you know, LLP, any partnership that is statutory in nature, you're, you know, you, you're under their charter, so you've got to follow yeah, their yeah. rules. But if you set it up privately, none of, that, none of that's required privately. Mm -hmm. You're allowed to do business all you want. You don't need anybody's permission to make a living anywhere. You have a common right to be able to you know, and, you know, to, to operate, trade, do whatever you do. That's, that's your right. So you can question that for sure and just let them know. I'm, you know, no, this is a private business, um, you know, it doesn't require a license, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you're not going door to door. You're not setting up a shop, right? So even if you were setting up a shop, you're paying rent. You're not paying for a business license. That's just one more fee that they try to get. Uh, they want you to ask permission if you can start right. a business. But, you know, it's just like a driver's license. You know, if you're driving a tractor trailer for a company that requires a commercial license, then sure, you need a license. Uh, if you're in a private company or a private business, okay, private trust business, uh, that has a tractor trailer, and you can operate that in private without permission from them because mm -hmm. ownership is the one that can give permission, right? You own it privately, right. you make up the rules. You're allowed to say, yes, if I, so if I say you can drive my truck, okay, I just gave you permission. I just gave you the license mm -hmm. because I'm the owner. Well, that's what they're doing from the public side. Mm-hmm. So what was, what was your question? <laughs> was that it? Did I answer it? Yeah, definitely. Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Hope that helps. Oh, anybody else uh, have any questions tonight? There's some good ones. I was going to ask Chad, are you on tonight from Montana? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, who's that, Louie? Yeah. Hey, how's it going? I'm going there. No, I was wondering if Chad, I was wondering if Chad was on tonight because I know he was. Uh, I know he said he was going to be in Montana. 
Oh, yeah, you did say that. <laughs> Probably busy. So, yeah, Louie, did you have a question or comments, something that was going on or something else? I mean, as of right now, as of right now, um, no, not really, I guess. How are things over there in Detroit with everything that's going on or over in that area? Well, um, they're, now they're claiming that Michigan is starting to have high cases of the uh, virus. So we will see. We will see. Yeah, we went from 19 to 160 today in Montana, they say. Yeah. I don't see it. Bunch of I don't see it. This is, this is not, it's not, it's, it's literally, this shit is like almost impossible to spread like that. Seriously. Yeah, I'm thinking it's probably a distraction, the whole thing. We'll see. We'll see. Not a good distraction. <laughs> they put um, five G up everywhere, so what are they actually, doing? Five G, five G network, the towers. Oh. Mhm. So, you know, if people wonder why th- they sit, that's probably why. I saw I saw an article um, yesterday, I believe. Throughout all of this, the Department of Justice supposedly just arrested nationwide, I think it was 800, 800 people tied to a Mexican cartel, supposedly. So you got to wonder, why aren't they all practicing social distancing while they're preaching it? Of course. I'm thinking, you know, I'm thinking this is... Yeah, this could be a, a way of, you know, uh, being able to tell where people are going to be <laughs> pretty easily, you know. So, yep. I don't know. It's a very interesting time that we live in, for sure, for sure. And uh, when it comes to the law and legal, um, you know, when when you're dealing with these fictions, uh, the public, legal, uh, corporate, anything that's legal is a fiction. Um, it's a fiction of law. Now, law is not a fiction. Okay, law would be a fact. But uh, yeah, I think you're, you're, when you're dealing with them, you got to expect a whole bunch of fiction, uh, especially when it comes to the media. Especially when it comes to the media and what they're telling you. Um, my son is in Brooklyn, New York, and they were saying on the news they were they were making all these claims on the news there in New York that you know that the hospitals look like war zones. Literally, that's what the guy said uh, that he heard right. on the on the news that morning. Well, he went with his video camera to the hospital that's not too far from him, and they had a tent set up, a big tent set up for testing, and there was nobody, absolutely nobody there. No, wow. not a single person in line. Not a single person in line. And you're talking about a hospital that serves about 3,000 people on, on average regularly, every day. Empty. Empty. The parking lot was empty. The emergency entrance was empty. Nobody there. And he's like, this is ridiculous. It's not, like a, it's not a war zone. It's, it, it's like the whole place was abandoned. Wow. Yeah. So, again, you know, 
where do you trust? Who do you trust? That's where, you, again, trust, the principles of trust really come into play. You got to keep the people that you trust close and, and be real leery of, of, of uh, you know, a group of people that lie consistently and have for hundreds of years. Uh, you know, I think lying is synonymous with politician. So, you know, <laughs> you got to be careful, you know, and, and, you know, I call, I talked to my son yesterday in New York and um, he's nervous about the whole thing, but he stays in and he's, you know, he said, but people are out and about and, you know, just like normal everyday stuff. And he hasn't seen much in a way of difference. Um, now he used to go, he was going into Manhattan for work, um, but they shut the, you know, his job down. So he hasn't been going into the city, but you know, Brooklyn is a highly populated area and, and, uh, he says, yeah, there's less people, you know, but the stores are all open and everything is, you know, kind of like business as usual. The only difference is, is now you've got the, you know, you've got military moving in. And uh, I didn't want to get into the, the martial law again like we did last week, but um, I just saw, it was last night, Trump reordered a million retired military. Back into service, low, yeah, domestically. A million service members back into service that were that were retired. Why? Why? Big question. Big huge question mark. <laughs> of course. You know, and I mean, if you got that plus, you know, all of all of the, uh, you know, all of the. Uh, the different states, guards, the national guards and stuff, you know, they're, they're, they're pretty much uh, setting the stage. Um, New York, New Jersey, California, I believe, are all shut down. Um, <laughs> they're even, they're even uh, slave-catching New Yorkers in Rhode Island, New York, or New Jersey, Connecticut, anybody from New York with plates from New York. They're, uh, the cops are pulling them over. And and they can arrest them for up to two months without charge. Sounds kind of like martial law to me. Martial law, Nazi state, Nazi Germany. Yeah, it's a police state. That's really what we're in right now is a police state. You know, and they're saying it's voluntarily, you know, voluntary quarantine uh, until it's not, and that changes by the hour. Um, yeah. All I gotta say is, if you if you if you didn't think they recognized your rights, you know, or if you thought they didn't recognize your rights before, wait till you see what's coming, because they will not recognize you as anything more than a subject, and all by force, threats and threats of force and force, and that's all it's ever been. It's just gonna come to, you know, up to the top. It's gonna rise up, and that's all you'll see, um, at least before. They had to have some semblance of, of legitimacy. Um, and uh, that's going further and further out the window by the hour every time I turn up. I, I have a hard time stomaching television and even a harder time stomaching politicians blabbering uh, on TV. And I tried to watch the uh, presidential uh, COVID virus task force or whatever it was 
was like an hour and a half long video, and I got probably 20 minutes in and wanted to puke, you know. All they do is, you know, pat each other on the back and go, oh, you did a good job. Oh, that Democrat over there did a horrible job. This one here is questioning me. That Republican, you know, it's horrible. It's, it's a big show. It's, it's, it's just horrible. Anybody who trusts in that is probably should go for some, uh, you know, psychiatric help. <laughs> it's... Uh, it's 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 hard you know it's 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 like a horrible reality TV show. <clears throat> That's not reality. And most of them aren't. So anyway, enough with the with the virus stuff. Anybody have any legal stuff that they want to ask about? Uh, legal questions, anything? If you're having an issue in court, or or uh, you know, if you. Um, you know, legal questions, a uh, situation, or uh, doesn't have to be on topic. It could be anything you want at this point. I'm happy to answer any questions, and I will stay on the line as long as there are questions. Um, otherwise, I will wrap up. So please do uh, ask some questions. I have no problem staying on and, and answering your questions if there's a need to. Uh, I'm here. Anybody? If not, I am going to wrap up early. Um, I'm going to end up uh, taking some NyQuil and getting some sleep. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, I know people were waiting to see the, uh, you know, to, to get the um, recording from last week's show, and I haven't been able to put it up on uh, online. I've been having issues with uh, with with the anchor. I, I, goes about to about 97% and then it cuts off. And I don't know if that's because of the internet, um, you know, with so many people being at home and probably spending most of their time online. Um, if there's just a lot of traffic or what, but I've been having a hard time um, posting that on um, the, uh, on Anchor. I will post it um, either tonight or tomorrow onto the website. Um, podcast page. That's the podcast page on uh, on the website bulletproofsolutions.org. Um, you can hit the podcast and go back through all the the archive um, recordings. Um, I will put it up there because I do have. I was able to download it. I just haven't been able to upload it to my podcast platform. So I am going to try and do the same uh, with tonight's recording. I will get that up there tonight if possible, and if I can get this one up, um, I'll also try to do last week's as well, and I'll post them into the groups uh, like I've been, and that's probably where, if you're listening, you've probably found us. So uh, if anybody is waiting for last week's um, and, you know, they want a copy of it or something, you know, I can, I can definitely send it to you an email. Uh, you can email me directly at the letter A, free man in Babylon at gmail.com and if you shoot me an email I will send you uh, last week's podcast if you've been waiting to hear um, I'll be happy to, to email it to you uh, I will still try tonight and get that on um, you know and post it up on Facebook as well uh, as tonight's recording but uh, I do appreciate everybody coming on the show and tuning in and listening was there somebody that had any uh, a question or 
comment? Silence. Okay, no problem. <laughs> so I am going to wrap up for the night. I do appreciate you guys coming out on, uh, you know, out of your quarantine to listen. And um, again, if, if anybody would like to be a guest on the show, if you had, you know, if you if you have some proficiency in law or a uh, specific legal matter that you've dealt with and you'd like to discuss it, uh, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, please uh, reach out on the website there and or shoot me an email and we'll we'll see about getting you. Uh, you know, scheduling you to be on the show as a guest. Um, if you have other legal issues that you don't feel comfortable discussing on the phone, feel free to reach out on Facebook or through the website, and uh, I'd be happy to answer your questions. Again, uh, this is How to Win in Court Without a Liar. I'm Dave Harwitz, and I do appreciate everybody being on the show tonight and uh, all those listeners that have been tuning in and making this a, a, a much better show for, for you guys being here. Thank you. Have a great night. Bye now. That's all.